Hello, this Roland Garros special edition of your Sports Memo podcast. My name is Calvin Emekonwoka, and it is my pleasure to have you join us on this really, really special pre- review show of the 2021 French Open Tennis Championship. I have with me in the pod this episode three three really passionate tennis fans um, in London and in Nigeria I, I really am pretty excited about this one because it's actually the only, only the second time we're having um, a tennis a tennis themed mm-hmm. uh, podcast so of course because it is tennis themed we have to have Viola Solis Chuku also, the Bielicious on the board. Welcome to your Sports Memo podcast again, Biola. Good to be here, sir. Yeah, just the second of um, tennis. I, I'm actually offended by that. <laughs> okay. I, I am very uh, offended. Uh, we, will, we will see. I, I will repent. We will, we will do, mo- we will do yes. much more. We will do much more. Better. Uh, also, in Nigeria, is is my friend. He's. Um, I I enjoy I enjoy getting at him during the French Open always because of his love for um, the Spaniard. <laughs> so Yamiujo, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. It's my pleasure, sir. Absolutely, and also here in London with me is um, my once in a while he's my producer. Other times he's a sports fan, and at this time. He's here talking his other love, tennis. Um, Femi Kumi, Femi, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Calvin. Right. Hello, guys. Right. Hello, everyone. Where do we start? Let me start from um, the, the... There are some absolutely fantastic matches in this tournament, but what has struck me has been the the behavior of the French Tennis Federation, the organizers of this tournament. First, they started out by being totally, totally, in my view, in my view, totally disrespectful of um, Naomi Osaka's needs. And then they ended it by being, I'm trying to find a word to describe what they did in pulling the video of the kid who got, um, um, mm-hmm. Novak Djokovic's racket. Racket. They, racket pulled, yeah, yeah. they pulled the video that he was against their copy. That it was infringing on copyright. Okay, Viola, start us off. Where do you stand on Naomi Osaka and her mental health reasons for not wanting to do press press conferences, post match press conference? Um, first off, I think the whole thing was a little blown out of proportion, really. Uh, I think the 
reason the world took it so wrong from Naomi Osaka was because she mentioned she was not going to do press before the tournament. So it kind of looked like she was challenging the tournament, challenging the Grand Slam board at the same time. You know, we it wouldn't be the first time that a player would skip press. Someone like Venus Williams, for instance, we know is probably the queen of, of skipping press when she simply does not feel like it. But Naomi Osaka just went before the tournament to say, I am going to be skipping press. And I think everybody was offended by that. Mm. But I, I know she was doing that to protect her mental health. A lot of people said, oh, it's because she's playing on on clay, a surface where she is least comfortable. Yes, that could be a reason because um, we know she doesn't get the best results on the, on the surface and we know the press, we know um, fans will come for her for that. So if she was going to protect her mental health by skipping press, I think that was fine really. I think she just didn't go about it the right way at first. Mm. If she had probably explained it the way she did in her second statement, talking about how she had struggled with her mental health since 2018 and all of that, I think people would have been a little more sympathetic or empathetic towards her, but uh, I think the way she announced it was, you know, sounded condescending in a way, but at the same time, I expected people to cut her some slack. We are in a world where we tell ourselves to protect our mental health at all costs, so Mm. if that is what she wanted to do, then why was everybody coming for her, really? That's how I took it. Where do you stand on this? Well, I I want to probably disagree with Biola a bit. Okay. Um, I think first of all, she's she was holding to Grand Slam titles mm-hmm. prior to Roland Garros. That's the French, the U.S. Open, and the mm-hmm. Australian Open. Yeah. And I think those two occasions were the best opportunity for her to have actually come out to say whatever she was going through at that time. Now, probably the, way, the reason why people were actually not cutting out some slack is probably you complained prior to a surface you were not very good at. Yes, we and I think know. that's absolutely normal, really, because it could definitely trigger some things for her, knowing she would not get a good result there. So I think she actually knew that she wasn't going to have a really good tournament because it wasn't well, clear. You, so you you mentioned something earlier. Yeah. Okay. That she did it in a way that she should have gone. Yeah. Okay. Now just let me put this straight. Naomi Osaka knew she wouldn't probably she wouldn't go past the third round or the fourth round. Yeah. And she was tired of all those questions about, okay, why did you lose? What happened? And all this stuff. Probably that was why she put that at it before did this. And I think it was a slap on the face of the night. I think she went about it in a way that she shouldn't have. Mm. Probably after your first win, if you actually told them in the press conference, okay, the next time if I lose, I won't be present here. I think everybody will have, okay, why? They will have asked her the reason why by then. Okay, right. well, due to my mental state, I'm passing through some things and stuff. Then the whole world will have probably agreed with her. But I think the way she went about it was actually wrong. For me. Yeah. And personally, I I don't probably go along with her. For me. I I am um, I have never 
in any way at any point in time found myself looking forward to watching a post-match press conference in any tennis match none okay. ever so why on earth would it be such a big deal if a player decides whose house is that <laughs> who um why on, mine. Why, why on earth would it be important for me you're here right okay what why else why would it be important yes that a player decides that see i would rather not attend a post-match press conference why is why would it be such a big deal and do you think that the organizers handled it well um is that question for me yes for you <laughs> okay <laughs> I, i i believe that she as as um, I, i will look to um your last point right? that she made she made a whole meal out of this whole situation personally i believe they are struggling mentally they are support institutions within the WTA or within ITF and even the Langaros organizers as well mm-hmm. that can help her in terms of how to coordinate it rather than make a confirmation statement from your notes on on your iPhone yeah and you exactly to, to the exactly. world to say uh, you are the world number two tennis player you're yeah. a multi-million dollar athlete Those are the, I know your mental health comfort, but you have a team that can help you manage these things. You don't have to personally put this statement out. If they know your position, they will communicate it in the right way because these people are professional. They handle these things, you know, frequently. They know how to, to, to do stuff like this. So personally, I believe our approach was, was very wrong. And I believe that the French Fed, Federation, Tennis Federation, didn't cover themselves in glory either. But mm. it was a very sudden statement that just came and yeah. laughed like that. So they probably be reacted, you know, in, in, in the wrong way. I think the bulk of the blame, personally, even though she's struggling mentally as she's playing, uh, and a lot of things would, would, would come to Naomi's team. I probably won't say Naomi herself, but tennis, I think the way they managed it. You tennis people are the same. I cannot believe this. <laughs> Sincerely, I can't believe this. This woman did not say she's not going to play. She didn't well, say she's she not going to play. That. That's probably the best to say that. No, 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 no. I'm not having that. If this woman has said it's she was part of what they signed for. Tennis is a sport of well, their course. She knows this sport very well. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, wait. Which part, which part of, his, of her racket this, was it there that when she was buying the racket, that he was saying that um, um, appearing on a post-match press conference is part of is part of the is part of the of the job. No, it is not. And then and then and then this is this is the part that annoys me. She was not. She now said that she was prepared to pay the fines. Do you see? She said she was prepared to pay the fines of not appearing. Meanwhile. I think I'll still I'll still say it again. It's part of what they signed for. The the press are part of the team. Yes. And I think it's they're, they're what? I am press. Okay. We're not part of any. I, we're not part of any I will, team. I will want to go with. <laughs> we're not part. Of okay. Let 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 me just I, say I, this. I, eh? I, will, I will want to go with what Femi said. 
that I will put the bulk of the blame on the team, on our team. Because I think the team knows better. The, 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 even if you want to probably pass out a message, let it be to the organizers directly, not probably on social media first, and let them know about what you are passing through. And I think that is where the the, the, the issue come in, comes in. So she, she yeah, knew that- what she signed for. She did. Let, let me just say this. Why I mentioned that part of, of her statement was condescending mm. is actually that last part, saying she was going to pay the fines and hoping her mm-hmm. the fines would go towards um, some mental health care thingy. That is where I think was condescending. To be honest, when I saw the statement, I first said it right here at home. Who advised this girl? That was, uh, that, that was what I thought. Who advised her? I mean, she was doing the right thing in the wrong way, in my opinion. And Calvin, you actually mentioned um, what if she doesn't do press. The truth is, for someone like me, for mm-hmm. instance, who is mm-hmm. looking forward to covering a Grand Slam, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. going to be like a kid in a candy store at a press conference asking Naomi Osaka questions because that is my of job. Course. You, of course. So, I would feel, I would definitely feel a certain kind of way knowing that Naomi Osaka does not want to speak to me and yeah, other press members. So, <laughs> it's <laughs> normal for the press to react in a certain kind of way because this is our job. Sis, we want to ask you questions. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, this, this, this alone could have taken one whole podcast, but I, I, Absolutely. Am, I am totally, totally behind now uh, Osaka one, and secondly, mm-hmm. I think I think my my colleagues, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, all groups of people in the press should get over themselves. We do yeah, not, I get that. we do not <laughs> count. We do not count in the grand scheme of a sporting event. We do not. Ah, count. we count though. No, we don't. I give, let me ah. give you. Let me give you this very serious example. Twice now, okay. you know, the World Cup, where Nigeria has had to play Argentina, right? And in, in both games, I heard from people that the only reason Lionel Messi was given the man of the match in those two games was so that he would appear in the press conference. Mm. That without it, okay. they, they didn't give them to him, he wouldn't appear in the press conference. And in, for me, personally, going into any of those press conferences, I've got no... Or even going being in the mix zone, I sincerely, sincerely, I'm not in the in the mood to to um what's the word to fall over trip over stuff to get to speak to any of them yeah. players. If if there's one available to speak to, fine. If they're not available to speak to, fine also because I understand after after a grueling match, sometimes they just want to go. Just want to go. They want to go and do something. That's else. very true. So that's that's, that's, that's very true. This is part of what I think um, um, plays but, in the part of was in the mind of. But Calvin, yes. I, I don't think there's a set time for athletes and tennis players to do press conference. They can they can set a one day window. Even they could lose a match today and do the press conference. That is, that is the precisely very true. was suffering. I actually in made a tweet to that effect. I said, okay. I remember okay. saying in the tweet that the French people, could have, the organizers, can easily say to 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 the players, you do not have to um, do your press conference that day oh, or immediately that. after. 
she knows that. She's a professional. Is that already? Is that already in? Is that already in? It's set. It's set. Yeah. I. I. I well, I, I can't categorically confirm that, but there's a there's a um, ben, ben Rottenberg. I don't know if you guys know him. Mm. Yeah. I yes, I know. I know. He did say yeah. that that players can take up to a day to do their first conference if they are not in a position to do it immediately after the loss. But sometimes the WTA tour and the ATP tour is packed. So you lost in Rwanda and Gauss, you don't want to stay in Paris for another 24 hours because of the press conference. You rather want to move mm. to maybe London or Berlin where, where the next tournament is happening. Where yeah. the next tournament is open, yeah. And then play is different from grass. You have to put another set of preparation to your plan. So any loss from a Grand Slam or a disappointing loss gives you more time to prepare for a new season, which is the grass season. season. So I don't yeah. think Osaka was compelled or would have been compelled to attend a press conference within a four, five, six hour window. I didn't know this part. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right, Naomi. Anyway, I know she's going to change stuff. I believe strongly that uh, was designed. I think, I think part, of what, part of what she should change is her team. I think you should work on our team better. Because <laughs> actually, if we if we go back to the issue of Sharapova, our team let her down. So um, if Naomi is not careful, I think she should she should actually work on our team. We would, she we should would actually do, work on our team. We would do um, Sharapova another day. Still on the woman. <laughs> I don't think we really need to. Still, um, still, on, still on the woman. Who okay. is Barbara Krajcikova? Where did wow. she come from? <laughs> wow. Wow. You know I mean? How did she do it? <laughs> well, well. Kova has actually always been there, really. But, yeah. you know, she's she's one of the major double specialists, really. Yeah, uh, exactly. A, a, a exactly. few years ago, she rose a little in singles, but people don't really look to her side when it comes to singles. We all know she's a double specialist. Okay. But this yeah. year, right from the start of the year, she had actually started getting good results in singles. Actually yeah. won her first WTA title at Strasbourg just before going to yeah. Paris. But as much as she was in that good form, I would never, in my wildest dreams, have expected her to win the French Open. Not in any way. But, but, but this, this is what the French Open does every time. Exactly. Every yes, time for, six consecutive, years, for, for six, six consecutive years. For six consecutive years now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> well, well, I, I think. I think another another reason to that is she's a very good doubles player. Mm-hmm. And when you are very yes. good in playing doubles on clay, I think you should be very good at playing singles. And I think up playing doubles alongside singles at Roland Garros and with that form coming into Roland Garros, I think it gave her a lot of confidence that yes, I can do it. When she when she got to the quarterfinal stage, she was in the quarterfinal of the singles. She right. was in the quarterfinals of the of the doubles. So she kept she on was going in the quarterfinals on. of right. the mixed doubles. Mixed doubles as well. Absolutely. So she lost that in the quarterfinals of the mixed doubles and she forged ahead. And I think that really boosted her confidence that yes, I can do it. And the moment she captured that singles, I knew the doubles is just a bonus mm-hmm. <laughs> that's coming. So good for her. And Another thing is, um, most of the time, these 
um, very strong doubles players are very unpredictable when it comes to singles. Okay. You, they are very, they are very unorthodox. You never know what kind of shots they will pull out. You never know. <laughs> you, you don't really understand their game. Somebody like Chase Way also is one of those of players course. who you, you never know what she could swing out. So the, the no, nobody could, nobody could really figure her out this time. And I guess that's why she went all the way. Right. Um, Femi, see, this is when I was when when she won this title, um, Barbara, and I realized that historically, Czech, the Czechs, well, when they were mm-hmm. formerly when they were formerly Czechoslovakia, they've they've always produced great tennis women in Hanna Mandlikova from way back, Jana Novotna. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we know that Martina Navratilova um, came from there. Is there? Listen, Femi, um, this is you. You, you. Um, tennis is your second big sport that you love. What? What do you think is responsible for for a a country or a set of people to to have that passion for for a sport? I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think I think it's a regional thing as well. If you mm. look at Eastern Europeans as a whole, right. they have very strong tennis players. And so very even true. even um, in Van Lendi from Czechoslovakia as yes, well, before he came to America. So they they have even Russian players. There's so many yes. Russian women on tour. Mm, yeah. they, you know, they, they, they're in the top 20, they're in the mix. And even Kenin, that won the Australian Open in 2019, I think she has a Russian descent. I think her parents are from Russia and mm-hmm. she was born in America. So, historically, regionally, I, I haven't read into the, the history behind tennis and this type of thing because they don't really have the weather for tennis as such because you expect people from warmer climates yes, and places to, 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 to dominate the sport. But Eastern Europeans just. They just come out there and, and, and they are so good at the sport, especially on our court. Right. Especially on our court, yeah. Yola, is, mm-hmm. is um, Coco Goof going to win us a slam at all? She will definitely win slams, not a slam. She oh. will definitely win grand slams. I mean, this is a 17-year-old, someone who just turned 17, mm-hmm. reached her, her first grand slam quarterfinal. Uh, but, I mean, she, she's been growing. We first heard of her just like three years ago. She was 15 years old at Wimbledon, beat Venus Williams, did it again back to back. I think the fact that she has been progressing every year just shows she will definitely get there. And she has age on her side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's when, really. When. But you see, this is my, as Femi alluded earlier, this is my my I'm using this term loosely. This is my problem with um, the women's game. Ash- mm-hmm. Ashley Barty is number one. Has she won a yes. slam yet? Yeah? Yes, yes, she has won a slam. Yes. 2019 French Open. Ah, French Open. French Open 2019. Yes, I forgot. Now there's this there's no I, I can't seem to find a consistency. You know, like we have in the men. Mm. I can't seem to find um, a consistency <laughs> in the way the the their the, the game their game is going. Who's laughing? Yeah, I, I, I think. Okay, <laughs> Let me come in there. Yeah, come in. Yeah. I, I think the the issue has to do with the mental strength. 
of mm. that's to do with the mental strength. I think for these three top guys to still be going at that strength, I think we have to give it to them. It's not happening. I think probably the last time we saw that was before Serena gave birth to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think since then we've been having new champions. So at least we know that okay, in year Serena will win Islam. But now you can't actually predict what is actually going to happen next day. Okay, well, somebody will just cough up like Freddy Sakova. Somebody like yeah. Goff will just come and win. I think it's the mental strength. Okay, probably when they have won one, would they be able to go ahead? Or would the excitement set in? I think that is you the know, issue with WTA. Okay. I, I think it goes beyond mental strength. I, I've asked myself this question over and over again. And at the time, I couldn't really figure out why the WTA was very inconsistent mm-hmm. because you look at it and you really can't figure it out. But I think the issue here is hunger, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think when these days, when a player wins one or two slams, yep. the hunger just kind of disappears. They're yeah, not as hungry to win right. so much anymore. Uh, I mean, I know many of these WTA players are actually mentally strong besides Christy. But I think that hunger just isn't there. It's not there the way Serena had it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Serena is, Serena is in a league of her own, really. True. And I wouldn't say there is a lack of talent in the WTA. That is where there's even trouble. There is too much talent. See? There is so much talent. I, I but don't... the hunger to back it up is just not there. Okay, Biola, just yeah. as you just I, I, as you say, let me hold on. Let me hold on. Just as you were saying them. In this in this year's um, in this in this year's French, the four semi-finalists mm-hmm. were Krejcikova, Pavlyuchenkova, Sakari, yep. and Zidane Zidane Zidanesek. Did we these four were they there in the same position last year? Nope. No. No. There None is, of them. See this. Uh, there, there is my problem. Why is that? It's, it's, uh, can't, can't we embrace the variety and the competitiveness of the sport? <laughs> I laugh when, 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 when you raise this point because I have a friend yeah. who said, I'm yeah. tired of WTA, I'm not watching. I said, if it was Serena that was dominating, you won't say this. I said, Serena won the Grand Slam while being pregnant. Does that show any competitiveness? I can mm. all mm. just turn mm. over the court and win a Grand Slam. Mm. Just walk away like that. Mm. I, I like the variety of the tour. I think this is what I, I would like to see on the ATP tour. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Rafa Nadal fan, but I rather want to see other players winning Grand Slams. I rather yeah. want to see what happened in the 90s where it was only at Wimbledon that you, we saw Sampras dominating. Every dominating, other yeah. man was, was yeah. won by someone different or yeah. Michael Chan could come in one day, Krychek could yeah. come in. You know, very odd. All these things happen. Okay. Nowadays, nah, it's only Nadal, Djokovic, Pedro. I, 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 so I, robotic. I see. I see you what you're saying there. I see what. As I, it's, it's it's great that three of you have that same um, mindset. In that, it's better to have um, a variety of successful yeah. players. But tell me, exactly. seriously, the time when we when we used to have. Superb battles between Serena, Sharapova, Henan, um, um, Wankers. 
Igor Vinos. Gleisters, Vinos. Vinos. Was this Belgian? Gleisters. Gleisters, that's it. Yes. At that time, when we used to have those kind of. We knew, we almost knew that, okay, when it gets to the last eight, these are the people that we're expecting in the last eight. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, I, there's a feeling, a feeling of um, competitiveness it, it gave those of us watching from the outside, but it looks like you guys think that that, that is not... Here's the thing. Not the, okay. I, in a way, I, I like that there is competition. I like that you never know what could happen in the WTA. But at the same time, I want to see one woman win one Grand Slam now and win another one in the same year. I want to see that one particular woman is winning multiple and multiple Osaka titles in a year. Yeah, I think Osaka is trying. Apart from Osaka, who again has won back to back titles? That's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's what I'm wondering. Even if you have five, five consistent players, I think that would be good. I for think instance, that, if we have big five, a big thing, it would be interesting. But we yes. can't exactly say that. We can't say that. I mean, we're we are looking at someone like Karina Fishkova, for instance. She's been on the tour. She's been a top player for so many years, but still hasn't won a Grand Slam. And I... I cannot wrap my head around it. Yeah. Really? So why are these players not consistent? If you ask me, I cannot give one particular reason. So it would be good to see a particular big five in WTA. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the ATP, we have seen Nadal, Djokovic, Federer. Let me add Bavrinka and Andimore. They were the big five at the time. That's the point. Why yes. don't we say? Why don't we say Simona Halep, Naomi Osaka, Karina Pliskova, Ash Barty, and who else? Maybe Igas Piontek are the big five. We cannot call them that. They might be the top five players, but we cannot call them the big five. Mm. So that's the difference. I, yeah, I look I look at the mental strength of a player and you, we can read yeah. it when, when we watch them play. Someone of like course, Bianca Andreescu. When yes. she beat Serena Williams to win her maiden Grand Slam title, mm-hmm. she had a brilliant um, season leading to that US Open. And Very then, much I so. Said, this is a girl that can go and beat, you know, that's Osaka and Dresco rivalry can kick off and give us tennis mm-hmm. fans something mm-hmm. to you know to really look forward to. But then COVID came and a lot injuries. of injuries. So injuries have not injuries have not exactly. too much. The disruption to the season has kind of like I would I would say excuse that lack of lack of consistency among the top players because we've not really had that smooth sailing ride. Hopefully things continue as they are this year because most of the tournaments are being played and the, the season is, you know, the, the calendar is going as planned. Mm-hmm. If it continues, Wimbledon might still throw us a bit of um, a left. I don't know if, it's, if she's fit, but I think we will still have that separation of, of, of the women from the girls in the, in, on, on, on yes. where we where people like Alep um, Andrescu, Osaka, and um, Barty. What maybe. else? Yeah, actually, but actually, Barty has been very consistent. She, she has been the in the French. last two years. In the, in the French Open, so she could have reached the last four or the last eight. And the last few months, she's been, she's been winning a lot of titles before she got injured. I think she had only lost one match that she finished, the one she lost to Barbosa yes. uh, in, in Sweden, I think. So. We, we we get that consistency, but I like the variety. I like the 
the drama and the thought throws at us and I'm enjoying it. Oh yeah, we want some sort of rivalry, some consistency from, from, from the top top guys. Speaking of consistency yeah, and rivalry, I I might not have seen as many tennis games as some of you have. Um Yemi, I think you'll get a feedback yeah. from you. I get a feedback from your from something near you. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of consistency, as I was saying, and I may not have watched as many tennis matches as some of you have watched. However, that semi-final between Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, my God. Ah. Yemi, Yemi, come on. Yemi, describe your pain. Describe your pain at the end of the game for us. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't, that's, that's what you're here for. I <laughs> just let me say I I don't like Djokovic for that. Just let me put it down. It, it was it was a brutal defeat. It was hard to swallow. I'm actually I'm actually surprised, Yemi. I'm surprised. I mean. I, I think many of us knew Djokovic was going to win that match. I, I thought so, but I was quite surprised that Nadal fans didn't accept that. I mean, I'm, my favorite surface is clay, which kind of means Nadal is probably one of my favorite players. But I knew coming into this French Open that Nadal was not going to win it. I, I, I said the same thing last year, but he proved me wrong. But it happened this year. I, I just don't think that Nadal and Djokovic are head-to-head anymore. I don't think, especially in best of fives, I don't think right now they are in the same form. I don't think Nadal can completely cope with how strong Novak Djokovic currently is. Nadal has been playing for so many years, has been winning Grand Slam since he was 19, has made comebacks from various injuries, and now his body is simply slowing down. The mm. fact that he can even still play like this is it's, it's almost a miracle, to be honest. So going into that match, I think it was, for me, clear as day that Djokovic was going to win. I was quite surprised that the first set started that way, but I knew he would bounce back. So sorry. Anyway, Yemi. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you, Viola, because I told someone last year, last year's French Open final, that result flattered a lot of Nadal. My God. Which I'm, which I'm one of them. If you look at the four sets, it was six love. Six love. But those six love, that six love sets lasted almost an hour. Yes, wow. A very competitive six love. Because Djokovic kept trying that drop shot that didn't work on crucial break points or deuce points. Mm. He was trying mm-hmm. this drop shot and Nadal could read it like a book. So it was so easy for Nadal to run to the net and win the crucial points, take the break, serve, and then, you know, broke in the second set and Djokovic lost his rhythm. So man for man, like you said, I agree with you. I don't think Nadal can compete with Djokovic at that level again. He's done, I, I don't think so. Djokovic is, a, is, is there and then the rest follow. He's just hmm. on a different planet. You can not let you well, think you can not let Yemi talk. Uh, Yemi, please. Let, let me come in. Actually, actually, I agree with him on that issue of probably man to man right now. Yeah. Because I agree. Because 
But actually coming to RG, I think I had hopes that it would deliver the number 14. Because but during the Monte Carlo where he lost to Ruble, then he lost to Ruble with the quarterfinals. Yes. Actually raised the issue about his serve. That something is definitely wrong with this service gate from Nadal. I think he, he doesn't have that confidence again while serving. And also at, in um, Madrid, where he lost the game, the same issue with the serves. And I think that was actually the issue against Djokovic, <laughs> where he lost. The, the the second set was actually probably he threw the match away in the second set. He was getting on Djokovic's serves, but his own service was just poor, too poor. And if you want to play Djokovic, you must be you must you must be one hundred percent playing Djokovic. You must be one hundred percent. You can't just give him a room. Don't give him just okay. Just come at me. That is Djokovic. He will finish you. You see, in my in my years of um, observing sports people, in my years of observing sports, people, I do not think I have seen. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Really, I still need to say this. There's somebody's. Somebody giving us feedback. I don't know who's where it is coming from. Um, it's not here. Um, um, is he your fan? Is the fan on? No, nope, nothing is on here. Um, nothing is on. Here. Right. Okay. Uh, there was a. I don't know if it was in the third set. I think it was probably in the third set that at break point down. Djokovic threw a drop shot. I, it was set point down. Yes, set it, point it down. was a set point down and yeah. he threw a drop shot. I thought, this guy is not normal. How do you do this? <laughs> How? How? What, what that, gives you... That is, that is a mental strength of Djokovic. Who gives you the it's mind just, to try that? Yes. Aside mental strength, no, Novak Djokovic is an incredible athlete. He is physically strong. He is very flexible. Mm-hmm. He's also very unpredictable. So the combination of mental strength and athleticism is 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 just it's mind blowing, really. So it's a combination of everything. I mentioned before that Nadal has played for so many years and. With, with, with Nadal's style of play, he plays with a lot of power. It's absolutely normal for him to have declined at this point. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Djokovic just started winning Grand Slam title. It was really difficult for him because Nadal and Federer were passing it around each other. So when Djokovic won his first Grand Slam title in 2008, I could not win another one in 2011. But since then, he has won about fifty percent of all Grand Slams in the last ten years. I, I, wow. He he has he's really. I saw that stat and I had to go back to check it. Really, fifty percent of all Grand Slams. It's ridiculous, really. But Nadal has slowed down, and that is absolutely all right. To be honest, um, Yemi was talking about something being wrong with his serve and all. I have looked at Nadal very much. I don't think there's anything wrong with Nadal. I just think he's simply slowing down. That's okay. it. Okay, so he's slowing down. There's this question that um, I'm in another group where people were discussing this. Why is Djokovic not universally loved like um, <laughs> Fedra or, or Rafa Nadal? Why are you people laughing? Uh, we, know, I, I would, we know why we are laughing. Can, can I come in? Yes, come in. Please come in. 
the answer to that is Djokovic will remain the favorite. I think historically, Djokovic, when he was building on his, uh, his career in ATP Tour, he used to withdraw uh-huh. from a lot of matches when he's losing. He was known to doing that, and he was this quitter. And then came 2011, he was just a different guy. He just threw in the spanner in the works of these two guys that yeah. were dominating. And it was like, who is this guy that has come to take our, you know, uh, this is this is us, we own tennis. And the guy just said, I'm here, you have to love it or hate it. And I think most tennis fans went for the eight part. And that's why most people don't like him. I think it actually goes beyond that, really. I think it goes beyond that. To be honest, mm-hmm. Novak Djokovic is, is a little less likable than Pedra and Nadal. He's, Why? He's, I, I mean, it's, he's just who he is. No, there's nothing wrong with him. He's a great guy. I'm not a fan. He's a great guy. But he's not as likable as Roger Pedra is. No matter what anybody no, says. Roger is, Roger is the king. So let's leave him aside. Um, but he's not as likable as Nadal either. It, it is very true that um, a lot of Nadal and Pedra fans are like, "Who is this guy that just came and started collecting our Grand Slam titles?" That's true. But also, we need to look at his attitude on court, off court, and all of that. It no, really plays, the, the attitude, it really the attitude is the issue. The attitude Femi, Femi, is the Femi, issue. Femi, can you explain some more what you mean by? His attitude is the issue. Well, I think the the, the, the issue of the, of the default as we as we last actually summed it up. Ah, so that is what, that is what you never know. see. That is no, what you never see that far. That what? And it can happen to anybody, yes. But I think when controlling emotions of court, I think when it comes to Roger controlling emotions of court, when it comes to Rafa controlling emotions of court, I think Lufa doesn't come doesn't come close. He doesn't. He loses his emotion at a slight. Just even if he just loses a break point or whatever, you see him throwing his rackets or whatever. So I think that for me, the attitude, that issue at US Open, to me, mm. right, wrote him off. That was an so that was no, an let him win 25, let him win 27. That was an accident. That US Open stuff was an accident. It could have happened to anyone. I don't, I don't really. It, I, I yeah, I agree. That, it could have happened to anybody, really. It wasn't even one of those times he was intensely slamming his racket yes. or anything. So it could have really happened to anyone. But I, I also mentioned he's, he's just not as likable. Here's the thing Novak Djokovic is this very hungry person. He has goals and he will do anything. He doesn't care if he steps on food. He doesn't care if he's likable or not. What matters really is what he is going for. Yeah, because of course. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, because because Djokovic is is a hunter. He's is is Balkan. He's not Western European like yeah. Nadal and mm, Federer. Mm, yeah. So there's a lot of factors against him. So it was it's up against it, and there's this stacks of slams that he was chasing when when mm-hmm. his career really kicked off mm-hmm. in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that hunger and obsession as well, and, and sometimes thank it, you obsession. I think that's the right word, obsession. And yeah. let me add this. I was reading a quote from Tony Nadal this morning. Yeah. Where he said um, he yeah. was watching Djokovic. He is reading about Tony Nadal this morning. Nah. <laughs> he, was, he was watching Djokovic at age 18. 18 with Joan Monaco at Wimbledon. 
And okay. then when it got back to the locker room, he told Nadal that, guy, we are, we are having a problem on our hands. This boy I just washed. <laughs> We're having a big problem. And look at him today. Look at him today. So when it comes to obsession and the hunger for more, I think Djokovic is having it. But the attitude is not it for me. But, but let's tell ourselves the truth. A lot of people actually Yes, he gets a lot of criticism, to mm-hmm. be honest. And sometimes I feel people should cut him some slack, really. And But at the same time, I don't think Novak Djokovic quite cares about whether you like him or not. Thank you. He I don't think that's why I like him. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't though. If you like, like him or not, he's going for 25 Grand Slam titles. Right. That's and his that, business. Yeah, and I think it will, it will, it will surpass those two guys. This is where Probably was, this year. This is where I was coming to. Yes. Uh, it's a matter um, of when. Um, Djokovic is after two things. He's after surpassing this... The, the uh, Grand Slam titles, Roger and Rafa's Grand Slam titles, and and he's on course to have the four the four slams for this year. Do you including the Olympics? Do you um, Femi? Do you think he can do both or he can do one? I I the, the last time he was in this position in 2016, he had won the Australian Open and the French Open. Mm-hmm. And then everything was there for him to take, and he lost in the first round of um, of the Olympics to Juan Martin de Petro. And then the U.S. Open, he lost in the final to Stan Wawrinka. His, his nemesis, one of the guys who has yeah. got his number. Yeah. So Djokovic, this time around, everything is now in sight. He's so close. Mm. The most difficult of the four, of the five, would have been the Olympic and um, the French Open, which the French won. Yes. I I think the only man that can stop Djokovic from winning all four or all three big titles left this year mm. is Djokovic himself. Of course. I a think game, the only thing. Yeah, a top super Djokovic fit, informed, sound, everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody can match him. Even Federer at Wimbledon. I think the only thing that can stop Novak Djokovic right now is mm. injury or fatigue. Actually, from what I read, apparently, um, there's this guy who used to do the same thing. What's his name? That used to win French and Wimbledon back to back. And he also used um, to just go. He used to go. From, yes, Bog. Bog. Bog used to go straight yeah. from um, straight from um, French to Wimbledon and would not play. He used to play tournaments in between. And I, I, I think I, I watched an interview once where he was saying something like he he did not that sometimes when you play those tournaments it messes with your it messes with your brain that it messes with your mind and in your, your preparations yes 
and your body. So uh, he just used to just go ahead and and uh, and come and play it uh, the way it goes. Um, Jimmy, you want yeah. you want um, fatigue to stop to stop um, Djokovic. <laughs> See, that is what I take it that I take it that both all three, three of you have dismissed um, King Roger from this year's Wimbledon. Yes, you, will, you will all be sorry. Yes. I'm t- I'm here to tell you people, you will all be sorry for this. This disrespect will not go. We'll remind you of this. This disrespect will not go unpunished. <laughs> How dare you, people? Even Fedra knows that. Even Fedra himself. <laughs> That's why I had to withdraw from French Open because I saw the draw and said, Djokovic is coming my way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even before Djokovic, he was going to face Matteo Berrettini. Berrettini. That was another yes. player that was going to stress him. I know, very tricky one. Yeah. Berrettini was going to stress him. I mean, even players like Ivashka are stressing Roger Federer now. So he knew. It's okay. He knew. We'll, 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 we'll all be back here. <laughs> Well, I'll be back here to do uh, a review of um, of Wimbledon. And I, I, I think we should have a preview of Wimbledon. We'll I think do, we should have a preview. We will do a preview, but when we do the review, people will first, all of you, will first start apologizing. Apologize. First, okay. or after <laughs> after King Roger has taken. Let me let me shock let me shock you, Kevin. I yeah. think at max quarterfinal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is how people don't get invited to shows anymore. When people speak like this, <laughs> I was actually going to say semi-finals, but yeah, me, I said it. Uh, I, I, I can say final against Djokovic again. If, 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 if the draw favors it, if the draw favors it, because of grass, I don't know. It's all right. Oh. To be honest, to be very, to be very honest, I would not want. Roger Federer facing Djokovic because it is going to be brutal. So let him just avoid that. Alright. Please. Let them not break Baba's back. Can we put the whole song of Fadden? This is grass. It's not mud. We will do no such thing. Please. Clay. It's clay, not <laughs> Sorry, mud. clay. It's, it's grass. Thank you not, very much. Not clay. Not clay cut. <laughs> we will do no such thing. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's been. It's been beautiful. It's been nice having you guys in the pod. And like you all said, we would find time to do a preview of Umbudun, which hopefully would have Queen Naomi back and um, King Roger also back. And it will be a proper yep. tournament. We will do a preview and um, we would um, hopefully get one more person on board to, to help us down the line. Yemi, thank you so very much for being on your Sports Memo podcast. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Femi, thank you for coming on your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yola. Yep. It's been a privilege having you again. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much for having me. Let's do this again soon. We will. We will. When we don't preview. So, it's been so you have it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this Roland Garros edition of your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Kevin Emeka and it's been my privilege hosting you. Till I come away next time, peace out.